Hi, it's me again. Uh, so I may or may not have uh, been on this for about a month. I think it was, what, like February 23rd or something since I was last on here. And I said I would be doing uh, one of these like every week or so. I guess I never really made that promise. I just made the promise that I would be uh, either doing this, Twitch, or YouTube video every day. Um, and so uh, here I am back. Because I've been meaning to do one about Civilization, the game that shaped a lot of my childhood, let me tell ya. Um, and uh, I didn't really, you know, I wanted to talk about Civilization V, but I didn't really have that much of an understanding of it, so I've played it a lot more, I've streamed it a lot more, actually. And you can catch me streaming it sometimes on twitch.tv slash heartrightyt. And uh, I, I just wanted to do one of these things about Civilization. Uh, because, uh, as I've mentioned before, this series, or this podcast, I guess, is, uh, uh, just for me to practice talking, which sounds kind of ridiculous now that I, I think about it, but it, it, see, I don't really have much experience with talking for a long period of time. I, 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 I like one-liners. Uh, I, I don't like, you know, setting up a joke or whatever. Uh, I rely on, you know, one-line things. So this is kind of the practice talking for a long time, telling a story, telling an interesting story, I guess. And uh, so I've done stuff on, like, Star Wars, on Pokemon, on some anime that I, that I have some opinions for. Basically stuff that I can talk about for a long period of time. And Civilization is definitely one of those things. Because it is... Who boy, I played a lot of it. I... Oof... I don't know, uh, it's, it's probably one of the games that I played the most. Uh, Harvest Moon and Pokemon are definitely up there, but Civilization is one of those that I've, that I have, uh, I have memories of playing it deep into the night, and not even realizing the time was going by. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna talk about, um, the early days when, uh, Colonization came out. Uh, and, and that experience with that, and then Civilization 3, which is where most of my experience is from, and then Civilization 5, which I have been streaming and uh, playing with my friends some off-stream as well. Uh, so that's going to be the extent of my talking about Civilization. But uh, as a series, though, it is a really fun turn-based strategy game. Uh, again, like all three of those, I've, I haven't realized time was going by, and with all three of those, is like, okay, there's a lot more I could learn from this. And I could be doing a lot better. So, there you go. Alright, so first I want to talk about uh, a little about one of Sid Meier's first games, I believe. Or, I don't know, one of the first games that I played was called uh, Colonization. Which, I don't really know if it counts toward the Civilization franchise, but it was definitely like a precursor. And I think it was uh, made by the same people. I'd be very surprised if it was not made by Sid Meier. Um, but I remember uh, having to go downstairs to the basement, playing on my grandpa's old computer. And my sister played it first. She's the one who introduced me to the series. And uh, so Colonization was this little, like, 16-bit game. I don't think it was 8-bit, but it was 16-bit. Uh, it wasn't good in the graphics category, where you, you know, I think you start out on a ship, actually. Yeah, I think that's how it worked, and you uh, had to, you know, colonize this, this land. 
I don't know if it was randomly generated map or if it was like the Americas. Ah, there's a lot of it I don't remember. I should I should play that sometime again if I can find it. Um, but the things I remember is there were some uh, Native American tribes that I believe were hostile. Or maybe it depended on the tribe. I remember the Iroquois being really, really hostile. Uh, and then like going to war with you or whatever. Um, other things about it that I remember are like... Uh, um, there being, uh, you could have, uh, famous people added to, like, your, your council, or what your, whatever it was, or your cabinet, I think it was, actually, and I remember, like, you, you being on the screen to choose, like, which one you wanted to add, and I was like, oh, Ben Franklin, I've heard of him, and, you know, I haven't heard of any of the others, I think the others were, you know, other famous, uh, political figures, probably stuff like Teddy Roosevelt, or, you know, uh, probably stuff like Rosa Parks or or or, th or people like that. So um, there, uh, yeah, there wasn't much I remembered about that, and I was probably terrible at it. And I think my sister told me as much uh, that I was terrible at playing this game, Colonization. And I, I, I'm sure there was a lot more to it that I didn't get, but I, there probably wasn't actually. It was probably a very simple game, probably very easy to win. I don't even remember how you won that game, actually. But, uh, yeah, so colonization. Colonization, you have, you know, big step up to, uh, to the civilization games that I played, as far as I remember, anyway. Alright, so now, the creme de la creme of my childhood, uh, Civilization Three. Which, you know, I've talked about, like, games that shaped my childhood and everything, like, from Pokemon to Harvest Moon to Pajama Sam. But Civilization III, I, I have specific memories for, and that I would, you know, come home from school and play it for hours. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, Ocarina of Time or or, or the original Halo or anything. It was, it was Civilization a lot of the time. That, that was one of the games that I would, like... I, I I hesitate to use the term addicted to, but I would play that game for I would I would think about it during school and I would come home and couldn't wait to play it and I would get mad if I couldn't immediately like if I had to do chores or something or homework I would I would get mad if I couldn't play it. Uh, so Civ three was one of my favorite games easily and I can play it now because I got like a five dollar version from the UK uh, CD for it and um, so it's it's very similar to any civilization game if you've played uh, if, if you've ever played any of the Sid Meier civilization games you start out uh, as a civilization as a specific one and uh, if you play just you know the the random, maps or whatever, not the actual uh, scenarios, which I'll get into in the next segment, but uh, you would start out as a regular civilization with a settler, which could make a city, which could build a city, and you usually started out with uh, a warrior and sometimes a scout, uh, depending on the civilization. And uh, so the warrior I would always send out Getting into my, my strategy here. My warrior I would always send out to explore. And if I had a scout, I would also have them explore. 
and then I would usually have the city build another warrior to explore and then another warrior to fortify the uh, and that way they could, you know, if there were any barbarian attacks or whatever. Uh, but fast forward, I would usually do bronze working first as a research, uh, but I would try to do the, 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 the technologies that would show the resources uh, early on so that I could, you know, settle cities near those resources because they wouldn't show up at, at the beginning. You'd have to, like... Uh, research something specific so that horses and, and iron showed up on the map. Uh, and usually you want to, uh, early on in the game, at least with Civ 3, is you want to make a civilization as big as possible, which is much different from Civ 5, let me let me tell you. And I, I <laughs> playing Civ 5 with that strategy doesn't really work, um, but I'll get into that uh, later on. So, uh, so Civ 3... Um, you'd want to make your civilization as big as possible, as quickly as possible. So that's why you wanted to have as many resources, too. Um, and especially since some of the maps, uh, you know, you'd have, like, three sources of aluminum or whatever, and you wouldn't get that until way, way, way later on in the game. So uh, you'd want to settle as much land as you possibly could. Uh, and the other civilizations would do that, too. Um, so... Uh, you had, you know, uh, usually, okay, you could, you could tell, um, sorry, <laughs> I'm thinking here, all these thoughts coming, uh, at once. So you could set different settings. I would usually play on, like, a standard size map with not as many, uh, other civilizations, AIs. Uh, usually I would play, I don't know, maybe four or five. I, I didn't like playing against too many other people just because, uh, you know, I, I didn't like the competition. And I liked things to be easy. You know, can you blame me for that? I didn't really like much of a challenge when I was, you know, 11, 12, or whatever. Uh, so I, I, I preferred um, it to be smaller games. So, uh, um, so, uh, so... Uh, what do I want to say? I would usually like to play as Portugal, I found, because uh, they're, well, th the individual civilizations didn't have too much of advantages over others. Basically, all that they were unique with was uh, their special unit, which could be kind of cool, uh, and they have two different traits which uh, defined, like, when they would enter a golden age. I think that was mostly it. And, like, how much benefits they could get from great wonders. So, say, if you were a militaristic civilization, you could, uh, like, I don't know, building the Manhattan Project or something. Or what's, what's a militaristic thing? I guess, like, the Knights Templar? Yeah, that'd be one. Would, would contribute to a golden age or something. So, I like playing as Portugal... Mostly because you could have a Carrick, I think that's right, Carrick or a Cossack, or something like that. It's a unit that replaces the Caravel, which is the second level, uh, or the third level, I think it might actually be third level, um, ship you can get in the game. And by that you can explore anything you want to, any ocean tiles or whatever, and that's one thing that I really, really liked is exploring uh, right off the bat, or as e as 
early as you can because usually you can't do it until you like research astronomy or something like that. Uh, you can't until later on the, in the game unless you're Portugal. So that was really nice for me uh, wanting to, you know, expand and colonize as much as I possibly could so that I could get access to them resources, you know, coal and, and, and rubber and eventually uranium. Uh, the early on ones were, though, were, uh, horses. I didn't really care about those as much, but iron was a resource that you would want to get a lot of earlier on. Uh, and then later saltpeter was nice. And then coal was really, really important to have, uh, like mid-game. Uh, because if you didn't have that, you couldn't build a lot of stuff. Um, and eventually oil, too. Oil and rubber. Um... But, uh, yeah, so that's Civ 3. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else can I say about Civ 3 uh, that I liked playing? Uh, I wasn't really that militaristic. I would usually try to go for a wonder victory, which means, uh, or a cultural victory, which means you, you can gain culture points throughout by, like, building certain things or, like, building next to certain things, like cultural sites or whatever. Uh, I haven't played in a while. I need to play again. There's so much to that game, I can't, like, go into it all in this. Even even something that came out in, like, 2002, there's so much to it. Or wherever, whenever it came out. I think it was 03. I don't remember. I'm still yawning. I'm tired. Uh, so, yeah, Civ 3. The next segment, I'll talk about specific scenarios in Civ 3, so that'll be interesting. Haha. Alright, so now to talk about specific scenarios in Civ 3... Uh, so, Civ 3, I know, Conquest, which was an expansion pack to Civilization 3, brought a lot of, like, historical scenarios, which were pretty cool, because they set up, like, on Earth, and you would have, you know, like, specific places like Japan or Europe, uh, or the, uh, the Pacific Ocean, which was cool, uh, and you'd have to, like... Uh, you know, defeat the Roman Empire, or, uh, you know, defeat as many cities as you can, uh, or set off an atomic bomb, I think was one, for World War II. Uh, and you'd have these very specific uh, winning uh, victory guidelines, I guess you could say. Um, so, uh, I think my favorite one to play was called Napoleonic Europe. And uh, it took place in Europe during the time of Napoleon, as you could probably guess, uh, and which was like uh, just I would say like right at the end of the medieval age, uh, where you know guns were becoming commonplace. So like most of the units had guns, but also some of the units had, still had swords, uh, and it was it was really fun to play because there were a lot of civilizations who were at war with everybody. <laughs> and it, I, I don't think I ever won, but it was, it was fun to play just because there was, like, so much going on. Uh, and you could play as, like, you could play as Napoleonic France, you could play as Spain, you could play as Austria, Prussia, uh, Russia. I think Naples was in there, too. Or the Ottoman Empire, I think. Uh, but you could play as, like, any of those units, any of those civilizations. And I think my favorite was either Prussia or Austria. Just because, uh, they were right in the middle of everything. And especially if you were, like, Russia, and you were at war with, uh, say, uh, the Ottoman Empire, or, like, 
Naples or somewhere down south, you had to send ships all the way around uh, Iberia, or the Iberian Peninsula, I should say, uh, to attack them, which was crazy, or unless you had, you know, a rite of passage through someone else. But you were usually at war with everybody, so, like, you know, uh, you, you were usually, you know, at war with people you didn't even see and wouldn't even matter, and sometimes, like, by the time uh, your units would make it down to them, uh, uh, they were either, like, not even worth fighting, or, you know, they would make peace with you. Uh, so usually everyone was at war with France. France was definitely worth worth getting uh, at war with, mostly because of the victory points, because there would be uh, certain points on the map uh, where... Uh, there would be like a little tiny uh, monument next to uh, on the map, so you could see like if uh, whoever held a city there would gain uh, culture points, and whoever had the most culture points at the end would get a victory. So those were a hot commodity, and there were usually two per every civilization, one the capital and one other city. And usually that other city was the one that people would go after the most, um, and by the way, I would usually just play the single player. I, I hardly ever played multiplayer. When I would, it would be with my sister. And it would be kind of weird, hot seat. Uh, I don't know, the rules were kind of weird because we would be playing on one computer. And so we would know like what each other were doing. <laughs> so that didn't really work very well. Um, but yeah, I would usually play by myself. I would usually try to go after France because, you know... Uh, Napoleonic France wasn't too nice, and uh, it, w it was fun. Another one I liked playing was uh, Mesopotamia, which was the first one. And the whole point, which is one I liked, uh, the whole point was to, I believe, make as many cities as you could, because it was like starting out civilizations, right? So it would be, uh, you know, make as many civilizations, or make as many cities as you can, and... Build the seven wonders of the world. If you could do that, you won. And I believe I won that a couple times. Uh, so I was happy with that. Um, another one was Sword of the Shogun. Which is a really cool idea because it was, you know, feudal Japan. And you and different, uh, you know, tribes in Japan had to battle for supremacy. And who would become, you know, the emperor. So you'd have, you know, this shogun unit that you could move around and explore with and, and fight with, which is really cool. And he basically served as your emperor, so if he died, then that's game over for you. But, uh, so, and the Shogun could, like, level up, so he could be, like, Shogun 10 eventually. So he'd be super, super powerful. But you basically had to do battle with all these, uh, you know, other, other Japanese tribes, other Japanese, uh, groups. And, uh... Also, one of the more interesting things is, you know, if you know anything about Japan, they don't really have that much as far as uh, natural resources. So they were very sparse in that map, and you had to kind of fight over them. And it was inevitable that you would go to war. And I think there were, like, uh, 18 or so different ones that you were playing that you could play as, and, like, another six or so that you couldn't that, that uh, were just out there wanting to mess you up. <laughs> it 
So, uh, you know, that was that was fun to play as, just to explore Japan, I guess. Uh, other ones I don't... Oh, there was World War II in the Pacific, which was super hard. Uh, I think default you would play as the Americans, but you could play as the Japanese. And I don't think... Ah, maybe you could play as China? I don't remember. But uh, it was super hard, because, like, the first turn... The very first turn, Japan would, like, take over, like, three of your cities, which is not historically accurate because they would, you know, just try to bomb them. But, uh, they no, they would, in this game, they would try to take over your cities, and they would usually do that within the first turn. And there was nothing you could do about it. And I believe the goal was to build the atomic bomb and use it on Japan. Um, but I could never get that far. I could... Ah, oh, it was super hard, because you would start out with a bunch of units, and you would usually use lose those units a lot in the first turn, lose a bunch of cities in the first turn, even on, like, the lowest difficulty, which was crazy, and, uh, so, you know, that was a really hard one to play. It was really hard to play as Japan, too, because I think they made the difficulty so that whoever you were playing, it was hard. Um, but yeah, so those were some of the scenarios I liked playing in Civ 3. I need to go back and play some of those more. If you want me to stream them, that'd be really fun too. Uh, so yeah, let me know. Alright, so now to talk about uh, my latest foray into Civilization, which is Civilization 5. And I know that Civ 6 just recently came out, but I haven't played it. And I never played Civ 4 either, although I do remember that when it first came out... I had some friends who were super excited about it, but I was like, eh, I'm good with Civ 3. It has a lot of replay value. I could play it for, you know, days and days and days. Uh, but then I got Civ 5 because I believe it was on sale for from Steam, and I know knew some friends who had been playing it, and it was, like, on sale for Steam for, like, 12 bucks with all the expansion packs. So I was like, okay, let's just get that and give it a try. So I, I checked it out, and I discovered that it was a lot more complicated than Civilization III, uh, obviously, because, you know, it's, it's two, games, uh, two games down the line. Uh, but you could be a lot more Civilizations, and being individual Civs uh, was, you know, a lot more than just getting a unique unit. It was also, you know, you could, like embark, which which was an interesting thing, embarkation, uh, or, like, very specific, I don't know, it, it, it was a lot more, uh, it made more of a difference, that's, that's what I'm trying to say, it made more of a difference who you were, so that's why I wasn't random as much as I was in Civ 3, um, uh, so, and also, like, yeah, embarkation was a thing, which changed everything, uh, because, you know, then units can now go onto the water, like, make ships and go onto the water, like, land units can, and they can't necessarily attack in the water, but it was cool, because they could, you know, get around cities or whatever that were attacking, and freaking city-states, I hate city-states so much, there's just too much, they want so much from you, and it's so hard to keep track of, especially, like, when later on, when you have relationships with, like, 10 or 20 uh, city-states, and they all want something from you. And you can get a lot from them, like culture and units, 
and and resources and whatever but it's just a lot to keep track of uh so um let's see what else that i played by myself uh civ 5 i've been streaming it uh pretty regularly it's an it's a nice game you know <laughs> i was noticing uh looking at my twitch uh, past streams that the thumbnail for it showed me yawning and if that shows me playing civilization at all that's it. That's that's the microcosm of civilization. Uh, is that it makes me tired, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but you know, it's it's one of those games that's not very active. You don't necessarily play it to you know hype up your audience. I I had one viewer who said he was uh, watching it while he was falling asleep, and I was like, you know what? That's fine. You can you can do that with a game like Civ. It's, there's not really much happening, especially when you're not at war. Especially right at the beginning when you're kind of just exploring and, and waiting ten turns for a warrior to, to pop out of your city. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that was another thing that uh, I realized probably too late that uh, the strategy of making your civilization as big as possible is not necessarily the best thing, especially later on when uh, some of the great wonders you can build require all of your cities to have a certain uh, 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 city uh, improvement, like like a marketplace or whatever, and especially if you have like really new cities who can't really build much, it takes a while to be able to build those great wonders. Uh, and so I realized all this when uh, like playing with my friends online, which has been super fun, BT dubs, and uh, I, I, that's when I kind of realized I need to learn more about this game and actually get some strategy in there instead of, like, playing it just for, you know, super casually as I like to play games. Uh, so I did a lot of research on, like, which civilization to be. And for Archipelagos, Carthage is really good because uh, you don't have to have the specific technology optics to embark right away. Uh, so that's pretty nice to have, and, um, and also you get, like, bonuses from, you know, cities that are next to the coast, which I like doing anyway, because they can build ships, and that gives them an advantage there, uh, even though, you know, you don't have as much land around them to farm, or whatever, uh, so, um, yeah, and playing with my friends is fun, because you can also name your cities, uh, possibly offensive stuff, <laughs> and it's funny because if you play as, you know, like Carthage, or, you know, like, like Persia or something, it's funny because we like to, <laughs> should I even say this? Yeah, I'll say this, who's gonna listen to this all the way through? We like to put, uh, offensive stereotypes as the names, and sometimes if you're playing as some obscure civilizations that you don't really know many stereotypes from, <laughs> you have to look them up, <laughs> which is terrible to say, that you would educate yourself on offensive stereotypes, but I guess it's it's good to know that they're there, and then make fun of them. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so yeah, especially for Carthage, I usually went with the elephant route, like Elephantville. Uh, in, in the latest game I've been playing uh, with my friends, I've named my cities after failed technologies, <laughs> which I don't really know why. Like uh, uh, Google Google Glass and the Betamax and the Virtual Boy and stuff like that. Uh, and my religion, which that's another thing you can you can make in Civ Five, 
which is really cool because you can get different uh, benefits from it depending on how many people are following it. Uh, I named it Utter Failure, which, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, fits with the theme of my, my tech failures. So, uh, yeah, so that's been pretty fun to play with friends. Um, it's one of those games that you can play for, you know, three hours, and then people are like, okay, do you want to start another game? And we're like, yeah, we want to. <laughs> Uh, it's fun to play at like any point in the game, which it, which is pretty nice. It's it's pretty nice when you have a turn-based strategy game that's like worth it to start start playing over again, uh, but not necessarily like you can you know you can keep playing if you want to, but it's also fun to start over. Uh, so that's fun to play with friends. I would recommend it. Play with friends. Get it while it's on sale. Civ Five. It's really fun. Play with friends. <laughs> It's fun to just mess with each other. Um, so, yeah, that's Civ Five. I want to play more of it. If you want to see me streaming it, go over to twitch.tv slash heartrightyt and watch me make a fool out of myself, yawning and also playing very, very badly because I have, a, I have too many cities and it's hard to keep track of. So, enjoy. All right, so those are my thoughts on Civilization. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a game series I would definitely recommend. Civ Six just came out. I think uh, there's a Beyond Earth version. And uh, there's also Sid Meier's Pirates, which is really fun, which is a cool little Pirates game. Uh, and, uh, you know, Civ Three, I always I always hold to, has a deep place in my heart. Uh, but Civ Five is really fun, too. And, you know, get into the franchise and learn a little thing learn a little something it's 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 pretty fun and you can learn a lot about history actually if you delve into like the the encyclopedia within the game it is actually pretty interesting if, if you go down that rabbit hole uh but yeah that's that's all i have to say for civilization for sid meyer's civilization series um and my involvement with it i guess not involvement with it but my reaction to it i guess i guess that's one way to put it how I've played it, my memories of playing it. There we go. That's 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 how to say it. So if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, go ahead and uh, search at HeartRightYT. If you want to follow me on Twitch, I'm twitch.tv slash HeartRightYT. Uh, and if uh, you want to follow me on YouTube as well, I'm putting some stuff out there. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> I don't have a custom URL yet, but you can search HeartRight, and my uh, my profile picture is a picture of like a heart container from Legend of Zelda. Um, so go subscribe to me there, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Leave me a review. Uh, tell me what you want me to to talk about next if I can. Uh, tell me what you think. Tell me what I can do better at. I don't know. I I like feedback. I really like feedback, despite. A lot of people think that I don't. I actually do. Um, so, but thanks for giving this a listen in, uh, anyway. Um, you know, I'll try to do this more often. Uh, but, uh, you know, until then, I will talk to you later. Go check me out on Twitch and YouTube and on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. And I will see you later.